All right, we're going to do things a little bit differently, and aren't you thankful for Calvary? Aren't you thankful for your salvation? Don't ever get over the day you got saved, and uh, I'm thankful for that reminder. I don't like to go out of the routine, and so this morning, bear with me, but I think this is going to be good for us as a church, and as you know, a couple of weeks ago, I spent the week in St. Lucia, and uh, besides the jokes that some of you have made, I was not on a vacation. Uh, I was uh, working very, very hard in St. Lucia, uh, and uh, we had a, there was a conference there that I was invited to and have asked to be involved in moving forward uh, in Christ for the Caribbean, getting the gospel across the Caribbean. There were uh, pastors from 10 different countries. Uh, there were their families and there were some of their people uh, in attendance there in St. Lucia. And there was preaching every night, teaching during the day. And it was very well received and people hungry uh, to receive the things that you and I take for granted for. And uh, we are uh, blessed as God's people and just in the training and the teaching that's available to us. And so I feel like God really blessed that week. And so I'm thankful for the opportunity to have been a part. But I want to share some of those things with you. And in the course of this, give an update on one of our missionaries, the Bartleys, who are in St. Lucia. We've supported since 2011. And uh, they've been there uh, for a long time. They haven't taken any furloughs, which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, but they there, I'll give you an update on them. And then this will give you kind of an up, uh, a look ahead of how important the Great Commission mission is in equipping uh, national pastors, equipping churches here in the United States with tools, with, with knowledge, with training. Um, a, lot of, a lot of this is my, my, my book on the Great Commission is, is being used already uh, in, in a lot of this. And so it's a great opportunity for our church. So I want us to kind of get the heartbeat of it. Are you with me this morning? And kind of get an understanding. And so I know that this is an extra presentation this morning. And I'm sure there's somebody in here thinking, "How? what time are we going to get out of here today? Uh, you will, if you'll give me maybe an extra five minutes, we'll, I'll get you out here. So no matter what time I stop with the presentation, I'll adjust my message to get us out here close to being on time. So I'll be mindful of that, but I think this is going to be a message in itself. And so uh, I will let them uh, put up some of the slides. And I have 34 pictures and six little video clips I want to show you. And uh, I'll walk you through this. And um, I'm assuming I'm going to see what they're going to see. Our theme this year is a double portion, Emmanuel Baptist Church, and, uh, and I want to remind you of that. Okay. We almost got it. Well, I may be having plenty of time to preach today. I... I cut out some extra songs and everything, and so, uh, if this is a ploy to get that extra equipment you wanted, I, it, they're, <laughs> do we need a minute? Okay. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And I'll just flip this around and I'll leave time for the presentation at the end. 
and that may work better this way anyway. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I'm going to read verses 1 through 9, and I will adjust the length of the message this morning. I'm going to preach from this passage this morning, and then with the other part of the presentation tonight, I'm going to preach from this passage again tonight, Lord willing, and it's something that I want us to be focused on and think about. 1 Corinthians 16, beginning with verse 1, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, in winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. But I will tarry at Ephesus unto, until Pentecost. Notice verse 9. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. This morning I want to focus on that open door. And I want to speak for a few minutes on the open door. And I'll go ahead and we'll get into the message. And then at the end of the message, I'll show the presentation. Uh, but give me your attention, if you would, uh, because this is going to help us, I believe, uh, as we see the things that the opportunity God has for us. And so tonight, Lord willing, I'll preach on those adversaries to the open door. Uh, but I want us to focus on this morning on the open door. Father, help us as we look at your word, as we look into the truths found there. Father, you've been very good to us as a church. Uh, you've given us opportunity to uh, serve you. You've given us opportunity to make a difference in the world around us. And what a great gift that is. You've equipped us, I believe, with unusual things. You've equipped us with great opportunity. And Father, I pray that we would look at that as an open door and we would take advantage of what you have for us. And Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Once again, I pray if there's somebody watching by live stream, listening by radio in the service this morning that's not saved, I pray the day would be their day of salvation. May they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that as a church, we'll be reminded of how uh, the blessings we've had, how grateful we should be for your many blessings. With those blessings comes great responsibility to share the gospel, to uh, do for others, to uh, invest in the lives around us. Father, I pray that this service would work in our hearts this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a certainly a, a verse with some wonderful truths in it that we find toward the end of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Christians at Corinth. And it, he's addressing many things, and we'll not focus on that this morning, but as he winds down this letter, he comes to the end. If we read a few more verses, he's going to address some of those ministry companions we've looked at in the past and some instruction with them. And you, you sense his, his warmness and his fondness in, in the greeting. He is expected to come to them and to be with them. But yet in verse 9 and 10, he tells them that he's not coming right now, that he's staying where he's at. And the reason is because there's a great open door. Now, that open door, I want you to look at as opportunity. That's what he's speaking of. He's speaking of a great opportunity of ministry that God has opened. You get a sense in his writing because he goes on to say, if, if Timothy comes, 
you, you accept him and tell him that to just, just to serve. And he gives uh, uh, um, instructions regarding others who will be coming. So they were expecting him, but he's now he's saying, I'm not coming because there's something that God is doing that I did not expect that I must stay and give attention to. So when you read and we talk of that open door, it's an open opportunity that God has given. <clears throat> and as we look at that this morning, I want us to apply it, first of all, individually. I've taught you this. The Bible teaches this. I want to remind us this morning. If you're saved, how many of you are saved this morning? Let me see your hand. If you're saved, you're supposed to be in ministry. God may not have called you to preach, but you still should be in ministry. God may not have called you to be in a particular type of ministry, but you're still supposed to be in ministry. We are supposed to minister to others. That's what the Great Commission is. If we would all get involved in the Great Commission, there would be no Christians sitting back not in ministry. Why? Because we'd all be in ministry. The encouragement is a ministry. The different areas of service, that's ministry. But we should all be in ministry. I want you to apply it individually. Is there an area of ministry that God is going to open up to you where you can serve? There are many things in this church, many opportunities to do. I was saying about that this week and, and yesterday and today. I don't know. There may be, but I don't know of another church that is involved in as many different things as this church is involved in, especially over the last couple of years. God's opened some doors. So individually, I want you to think about it. Collectively, as a church, I want us to consider the things that are said this morning, this open door, this open opportunity that God has for us. Let me give you a few truths I see out of here, and it'll be something for us to think about as we go through the service this morning. As we consider that open door, let me say number one, the open door resulted as a pause in ministry. Did you hear that? A pause in ministry. Look at me in verse number eight. He says, but I will, let's go back to verse seven, for I will not see you now by the way. They're expecting him. But I will trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permits. I know you're expecting me. I'm not coming. But when I get to you, I'm going to try and spend some time with you. But look at verse number nine, or verse number eight. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. The open door resulted as a pause in ministry. In other words, what Paul had planned as ministry, he had to pause because God opened a door in the midst of his plans. Have you ever planned anything that God interrupted? And sometimes we get frustrated by that. Well, God, I wish you would check with me first. Before you open this great door of ministry, I had all of this planned out. Now I've got to go back to the drawing board. Now I've got to go. I mean, I even have it in my planner. Look at this, God. What he's saying is, is there's a pause in what I had planned because God decided to open a great door of opportunity. And friend, when he does it individually, you should pay attention to that. When he does it collectively, we should pay attention to that. Sometimes stops are necessary for God to open a door. Did you hear what I just said? Sometimes stops are necessary for God to open a door. But let me also say stops are frustrating. Stops require faith. Because God does not always real, uh, reveal to us 
what the, what's on the other side of the door, but he expects us, when he opens a door, to pay attention to that door of opportunity. And sometimes it means we have to put our plans on pause. I have this desire. It's a good desire. It's a righteous desire. Paul wanted to come and encourage these Christians. They were having some difficulty. By the way, all Christians have difficulty. All churches have difficulty. All churches need encouraging from time to time. And Paul is wanting to do a good thing. He's wanting to do a helpful thing. If Paul had gone right on to Corinth like he had decided and encouraged those churches, like he had planned and encouraged those churches, the cause of Christ would have been helped. Are you with me this morning? But God paused that. He paused the plans. And you and I, as a church, when we have plans and God pauses them, it doesn't always mean we're on the wrong track. It doesn't mean the plans were wrong to begin with. It just means, like Paul, when I get to you, I'll spend some time with you. But in the meantime, I feel like I need to stay at Ephesus and tarry a while because a great open door. Sometimes we look at that in those pauses and those stops, and it seems like where we get frustrated with that because it's almost like God's forgotten us. Sometimes we pause because of the open door, because God's going to open the door. So we see, number one, the open door resulted as a pause in ministry. Don't be discouraged by the pauses. Don't be afraid to pause. Sometimes I've got to be busy. I have all these plans. I've got to fulfill all these things. Sometimes God says, pause that. Because I have, because he's God, he knows things we don't know. He does things we don't know he's going to do. And he does them in a way greater than we know he's going to do. Sometimes he says, no, you're on the right track. You're doing the right thing. Uh, you're just going to get to that later. I have a great open door for you. Number two, the open door was presented by God. Christian, don't ever, don't ever regret an open door that God presents to you. Now, don't call the ship the Tarshish an open door. God's opened the door away from His Word. No, God doesn't open those doors. But God does open doors sometimes that other people around you can't even see it's an open door for you. And I'm going to, well, I'll, I'll get that at the end. The open door was presented by God. If God presents the opportunity, it's a right opportunity. We, and this is good for us, and I'll move quickly to number three, but it's, it's, it's good for us to be reminded that it's not a bad thing when God disrupts our plans because it's Him presenting the door. Now, the people in Corinth, I'm sure they were disappointed that Paul's telling them he's, they're not coming right away. They got a lot of security from Paul. But I believe partly if you consider the ministry companions that we spent some time a few years ago studying and how God used them in Paul's life and how Paul would uh, depend on them and how they worked in ministry, God is going to use Timothy and these other individuals in a way that he was not going to use them if Paul had come. That's a whole other message in itself. That's still part of God's plan. But it was, I'm sure the people in Corinth were disappointed because Paul brought them security. Paul brought them strength. 
But God paused it, and Paul had to be willing to say, God presented this open door. Number three, the open door was productive in effect. The word, notice verse number, uh, verse number nine, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. When God opens the door, it is productive in effect. Don't miss that word effectual. It means producing an effect or the effect desired or intended. When God opens a door, he intends for it to have an effect. God doesn't just open doors to open doors. He intends for there to be a door uh, that, that, was op- that, that has an effect or having adequate power or force to produce the effect. Friend, if God opens the door, it's because there's an effect he wants to have. God doesn't open doors just for the sake of opening doors. God doesn't just open doors just because he wants the door open so that he can show people he can open doors. God's the Almighty. Every time you look in the sky and see the stars, God is showing you his handiwork. He doesn't need to show off if I can put it that way. He's not just in the business of just opening doors for the sake of opening doors. If he opens a door, there's an effect that he wants to produce. There's an intended effect. And so, friend, when God comes to your life and he opens a door, and sometimes that open door is your pastor coming to you after God's put something on his heart and he's prayed about something and says, hey, I think that this would be a great opportunity for you to serve it. Sometimes that's the open door. Sometimes it's something that God speaks to your heart about and he's working in your heart for some time and he's speaking, working in you for you to say, this is what I can do as ministry. This is what I need to do. This is what I need to be involved in. And if it's a door that God opens, it's going to be effective. You know what? So we can just make a quick application if you're still with me this morning, that if we don't walk through the open door, there's an effect that's not going to take place. A lot of times we blame God. Well, God, I had these plans and you, did, and you changed them. Paul's plans got changed. Why do we think we're more important than Paul? Why do we think we're better than Paul? I know I was, I was 19 years old and in, 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 in my prayer closet and, and or I was walking, I saw this cloud. It looked like this and I knew that was God speaking to me. Well, that may or may not be the case, but you know God can... Open a door along the way. It doesn't necessarily mean you won't get to the end you think you're going to get to. But God can open a door along the way because he wants it to be an effect. Doors open by God are open to make a difference. Pastor, why are you emphasizing all this? Because God has opened doors for you and I as part of this church and it's to have an effect. And I'll just be your pastor just for a moment. The Amanda Ranch, God's opened that door because it's in effect. We had other plans. We're going to get to those. God opened that door. The Great Commission mission. God has opened a door along the way. It's to have an effect. Your life, your ministry, what does God... Well, I had these plans. God can open a door along the way. And if he opens the door, it's the right door. It's to have an effect. Isn't that what we all want is when we live and we die our life to have made a difference? The world to have been a better place because we lived? For somebody's life to be better. 
for somebody to be able to say, by God's grace, I, reached, I did a lot to reach my potential, and God put this person and this person in my life to help me get there. By God's grace, would that be one of us? Could we be able to say that God used me in some way to help somebody else? Well, I want to use my life to affect the eternity. So along the way, when God opens doors, I want to be sensitive to that, no matter the unknown on the other side of the door, no matter how big the door is, or whether or not, it was part of what God had for me. God opens doors to make a difference. Let me ask you a question that you can answer for yourself. When God opened the door in front of Paul, do you think God thought Paul would walk through it? I think he felt like Paul would walk through it. Because Paul had submitted. Paul was eager. Paul was surrendered. Paul wanted to take advantage of every opportunity he had. And then number four. Mark this day down. This is the shortest message you'll ever hear me preach. (laughs) The open door was particular in its purpose. Notice verse number 9. For a great door and effectual. It's a great door. Why? Because God opened it. And effectual, meaning God has a purpose. He's going to put power behind it. So it can fulfill its purpose. He doesn't open doors, just open doors. There's going to be a great effect. Okay? For a great door and effectual is opened unto, what's that word? Me. I'm certain there are people in Corinth who did not understand why Paul would change his plans. I'm certain some of Paul's Ministry companions would be like, what is Paul doing now? He's told these people that he's going to be there. They need encouraging, and now he's calling them and writing them and telling them that his plans have changed. I'm still planning on coming, and when I get to you, I'll just stay a little bit longer. But he's saying, there's something else that I have to do. I'm sure there were those around him that just did not, maybe they didn't agree. But look at what Paul says. For a great door to effectual is opened unto me. It's a door that God opened unto him. He did not open it for everybody. He opened it unto him. If he did not go through it, it wasn't for Timothy. Well, why don't we let Timothy go through that door, Paul? Because God didn't open the door unto Timothy. He writes of Apollos, who was an underrated character, if you ask me. Why didn't Apollos go through the open door? Because God didn't open the door for Apollos. He opened it unto Paul. Friend, you and I must understand and be reminded this morning that when the open door is open, God is particular in His purpose. If God is impressed upon you to do something for Him, if, if God has called somebody to the mission field or some other form of ministry, that is a call that is not intended for somebody else to do it. It's particular to you. And we as a church, I believe, have, God has opened some doors. Say, well, Pastor, every other church isn't doing that. Can I just say, God didn't open the door unto them. He opened the door unto us. Well, Pastor, I don't want you to spread yourself too thin. Me neither. But when God opens a door unto me, I have to walk through that door. 
Well, the brethren, they don't understand. He didn't open the door under them. Does that make me more special? Does that make us more special? Well, we are special, but that doesn't make us more special. It just means it's particular to us. What God has for you to do in your life, He may not have for somebody else to do. It doesn't make your life better than theirs or their life more inferior than yours. It doesn't mean that God's placing all this responsibility on you and it's unfair. It just means that God has said, this is an open door for you that only you can fulfill this ministry. I've chosen you to do it. I've chosen you to have an effect. What a great an awesome opportunity for God to say, here's a door for you to have an effect for the cause of Christ that I didn't open to somebody else. And friend, you and I need to stop scratching our heads sometimes and saying, well, I just, I don't know why God would choose me. God wouldn't choose, none of us are worthy to be chosen. I don't know why God chooses us to serve him. I don't know why God allows us to serve him, but I'm thankful he does. I don't know why God would allow us to impact this part of the world. I don't know why God at this very moment would allow this ministry to have an influence on other continents through the local churches. I don't understand all that, but I'm thankful, and I'm not going to complain about the open door that he has opened up particularly unto me, unto us. That open door was particular in this purpose. Friend, if God has been working in your heart about serving, so well, he can open that door. He can open that door for somebody, but he didn't. He didn't. Paul says he opened unto me. Paul was a good communicator. I think you would agree with me on that. But Paul didn't send a survey to Corinth. Here's my options. I can come to you as I planned, or God's opened this effective door. I can stay. Then I can come. But if God's opened this door, I have to walk through this door. And friend, in your own life, I can stand here today as somebody who's had all kinds of ministry plans, all kinds of ministry dreams, and some of them the Lord has allowed me to see. But along the way, God has said, no, let's just stop right there. Here's another door. Well, God, I'm not equipped to go through that door. I'm equipped to do the things that I said that I was going to do for you. But God's the one that opens the doors. In our personal life, as a family, as a church, I believe, I believe in the local church. I believe that God uses that local assembly in the area that he's put them. I believe in each assembly, God ordains certain things that he wants those people to do. I believe God then puts people in that church to help fulfill that. So an open door is our door. An open door for you is the role that you play in it. So I want you to consider these things as we think about the area of missions and this Great Commission mission. I don't believe that missions is just in Africa. I believe missions is in Jacksonville, Florida too. As a matter of fact, I believe our greater responsibility is to Jacksonville, Florida. It's greater in Jacksonville, Florida than it is in Africa or any other continent. All of us should be involved why? One is commanded in the Great Commission. So, boy, I, I, I have that command, and 
And God, how are we, uh, Pastor, how are we going to fulfill that command? Well, we're just going to do it the way that God says to do it, and then along the way, he opens the door. Well, this is how we're going to do it. This is what's going to be done. And so all we can do, and as we move forward and everything that we want to accomplish, I realize that there's big things on the table that we're trying to accomplish for the Lord. God is able to fulfill every one of them. If God opens multiple doors, God is big enough to equip His people to walk through every single one of them. As your pastor, I do not believe one has to suffer because God opens another door for us to walk through. You know what I believe it means? I believe there's somebody that's not looking for a door and needs to be looking for a door. Because that means there's people in this church that need to be serving in certain capacities. Well, God always knows what He's doing, doesn't He? Always knows what He's doing. I want you to think just for a moment as we go to invitation, I want you to think about that open door. The open door. What's God been working in your life? In this morning, it'll be a little bit unusual invitation because we still have much we want to do. But I want you to think when we take just a moment, I want you to ask the Spirit of God. What can I do with the effectual door? What is it that you have for me? What ministry personally am I to be a part of? How can I have an effect? And may we all be willing to move forward by faith, because it is faith that gets the attention of God. Let's bow our heads this morning, and I want you to ponder that for just a moment. The effectual door, the door with its effect. And we're going to have a brief invitation, then I'm going to get, put everybody back in their, get everybody back to their seats so that we can do the, the presentation that I'm going to give. But as we ponder what I've already said this morning, this will help us to receive the things that we're going to see in just a moment. First of all, have you received Christ as your personal Savior? You, you, you don't, you're not aware of doors God opens if you don't know Christ personally. You need to know for certain that you're saved and on your way to heaven. We're going to, in just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to invite people to come to the altar as they feel led. But if you don't know for certain you're saved, I trust that you'll let somebody show you from the Bible how you can be saved. Christian, there's doors opening in your life. And sometimes they come after a pause. And if you're not careful, you'll think God is through with you or God's put you on a shelf or or, or, or I'm just not, God doesn't have anything for me. God may be pausing you in your plans, not because your plans are wrong, not because your intentions are wrong, but he's got a door along the way he wants you to walk through. And because we're not omniscient, we can't see everything God sees. Church, God, when God opens doors, it requires more of us. It requires more faith. It requires more surrender. Sometimes it requires more sacrifice. Are we going to be willing to answer the call to walk through the door? We stand to our feet this morning. Our heads are bowed. The piano begins to play. If God's spoken to you, we'll have a time of invitation this morning. Well, if you feel led to respond to the altar today, we ask the Lord what He'd have in your life. If 
If you can't make your way to the altar this morning, I want every one of us, every one of us this morning to consider the open door God's placed in our life. Consider the things that God has for us. Many have responded this morning, friend, what, what door? Say, Pastor, I, I believe God's opened a door, but I just don't know if I have the faith. You have a God that's big enough. Don't have faith in yourself, have faith in God. If He can open that door, He can give you the strength to walk through it. He can give you the wisdom to navigate it. Sometimes we don't walk through the door, and I didn't take the time to elaborate on this, but it's certainly true. When Paul said, it's open unto me, we won't walk through a door because of other people's opinion of the door. Because people can't understand it because God didn't open the door unto them. Instead of being willing to say, here's a door that God's opened, I'm setting my plan, putting my plans on pause, and God's opened this door, and we see the scripture there, God, Paul really didn't ask their opinion. He said, this is, this is a door, I'm going to stay here in Ephesus. Because God has opened up a great and effectual door for me, unto me. May we have the same mindset this morning. Father, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for using us. Thank you for giving us opportunities to serve you. And Father, as we consider the things we're going to see in the next few minutes and even tonight and in the future, may we as a church always be looking for the door that is open. And Father, may we trust you. May you use us in greater ways. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have uh, here at the front, and we'll come by and shake your hand in just a few moments, but we have Brandon and Ashley right down here, saved, baptized last Sunday, and now here this morning desiring membership in the church. And so we rejoice in that, and I got to talk to them just for a few minutes uh, after the service and uh, congratulate them on getting baptized, uh, following the Lord in uh, that first step as a believer. And now they're here uh, desiring membership in the church. If you'll welcome them this morning, let me know by saying amen. 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 God bless you. Now, uh, you know their names, Brandon and Ashley, and so what's everybody else's name? Oh, you don't know that yet? Okay. All right. So you come by and introduce yourself to them, make them feel uh, welcome, and we'll get to know them better. I'm going to let you sit down. And, uh, and so now, uh, we, we're good? All right. I think we have one other decision over here we'll get to in just a moment. Um, but today we'll get to that at the end. Um, of course, I, was, I mentioned I was at the Christ for the Caribbean conference in St. Lucia, and that's just a 
picture of an airplane in St. Lucia. So that's how I arrived there safely, is uh, by uh, air and uh, to, to the hotel I was staying with and to the church uh, where the services were. I had to pass the airport every day, and I just, I just imagined and prayed, you know, one day we can have our aircraft uh, parked there uh, during the week. And see, you laugh at that, but... It, We'll see what happens, and so, uh, and so. Next picture, of course, uh, just getting into Saint Lucia, and uh, Saint Lucia is a is a beautiful, beautiful place, and um, uh, certainly uh, was able to see some of those things. You can go to the next one, guys, and uh, the beauty. That picture was taken from my hotel. And uh, you say, well, you were just staying. No, every hotel has that view uh, in St. Lucia. It is just a beautiful, beautiful island. Uh, you can go to the next one. And uh, uh, Brother Filbert, the, the host pastor there who was, who was with us. Um, what, what are you doing to me, guys? Okay. Uh, they're... they're uh, um, it's paradise. He said, "Camp saying, welcome to paradise." Uh, you can go to the next one. Uh, this was a point I walked down onto. You may not be able to tell, but that is a cliff that is probably two hundred feet down, and so that's as close as I would get to the edge because there was about some thirty mile an hour winds up there too. And uh, so I was like, why are you guys bringing me up here for? But anyway, um, uh, then we go to the next picture. And where that is, another view from where I was. And uh, that's the southernmost part. Some of you asked what part of the island I was on. That's the southernmost point of the island is where, I, where that was and where the church is. Um, and then, uh, so that's kind of the, what I call the, the postcard side of the island. Uh, there's certainly that side, but I was not there for the postcard side. Um, there's the reality, there's the people side. And go to the next picture. Uh, this is just a yellow house that was on the side of the mountain as we drove up the mountain to the church, passed by it every day. And I took that picture just as a reminder and to show us uh, that there's not just the postcard side, there's the people side. And how many people uh, are up on that mountain uh, where that church is, and those people uh, need the Lord. Uh, you can go to the uh, next one, and this is Pastor Filbert. Uh, Pastor of Ambassador Baptist Church. I remember Brother Filbert who was here uh, a few months ago, and uh, he's getting the uh, service started there, there inside the church. And then the, the, the next picture um, is uh, that previous picture was on the second floor. This is the fourth floor, the auditorium that they're trying to finish. You can sh uh, go to the next one, and it's just another view of the auditorium. Obviously, everything there is made out of concrete and, and cinder block. Um, so that is their new their auditorium they're trying to finish. And then uh, the next picture is just a, I had to put that in. That's the view from their church on top of the mountain there. And uh, quite a view uh, from up there. It was quite a, um, kind of ominous for me to get to that point, but uh, we will not talk about that. Um, the next picture. This is um, Brother Tim. You don't know him. I put him in there just as an example. He is a pastor. I believe he's pastoring uh, in, on the island of St. Vincent. Uh, he married a lady from Ambassador Baptist there and now is pastoring on another island. He was one of the pastors who came to the conference, and he was helping leading some singing there. And he's a representation um, of 
the different uh, pastors who came, 10 countries, including the United States, uh, there, and they're hungry and eager uh, to be encouraged and to be equipped, challenged to go back and reach their people. Um, I hope we have a desire and burden to reach our neighbors. And, uh, and I, ref- I rebel against the idea that we just send missionaries out and we don't care about our neighbors, our coworkers. Um, uh, these people, they have a desire to reach their nation, their, 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 their country. And so uh, Brother Tim is one of those. Uh, and then the next picture is just a picture of a part of the crowd during the conference. I slipped to the back and uh, took a picture of one. I couldn't get the whole side in the whole auditorium because of the way the building shaped but that's one side uh just a i want a verification that i was actually in church that week and not anywhere else and so uh, that's part of the uh, uh conference crowd um and uh we had two preachers every night teaching during the morning and afternoon and uh uh and uh they he brother, brother sammy he worked me hard, and, uh, and it was a blessing. Uh, the next picture <clears throat> is a, just a picture of a lady singing group. Sometimes we look at, certainly countries are, are different, and we have a lot to be thankful for in America. Uh, but uh, churches, I mean, one faith, one spirit, one baptism. Uh, it's the same God, uh, same word. And so this is a lady singing group. And the next one is a clip of their singing that I'm going to play for you. I enjoyed that. I don't know if y'all did, uh, but uh, this uh, now they're the internationally renowned uh, ladies group. And uh, the next picture is myself. In case you didn't know that, uh, in the in to the far right is Pastor Doug Foster, uh, who presented the invitation for me to come. And uh, then in the middle is Pastor Ram Engad. He pastors in Guyana. 
South America. And he was there uh, it, at the conference, which is an English-speaking uh, country, and uh, uh, we're actually trying to prepare a trip to, to go there in the future. And uh, he's one of the um, many pastors, like Brother Tim, he was one of the ones uh, who uh, was there. And I have a little testimony clip of him, I believe, next. This is my new friend, Brother Rom, from Guyana. Brother Rom, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry and what the Lord's put on your heart. Hello, friends. My name is Ram Angad. I'd like to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I'm a missionary to Guyana, South America. Let me say I was not always a Christian. Um, 1998, 11th of February, quarter eight, Quarter past eight Wednesday evening, I got born again, all because a missionary came from the United States and preached the gospel in Guyana. I was a Hindu before I got saved, and I'm so thankful that I got saved. And I want to say I stand here today as a product of missions, and presently I, I have a beautiful wife and four beautiful children, and we are planting churches in Guyana. Guyana is the only English-speaking country in the South American continent, so I call it the gateway uh, with a gospel to South America. We are planting churches, and to date we plant four churches. My vision is to plant 50 independent fundamental Baptist churches, and I desire for you to pray for us, and if you can partner with us in any way, I'm grateful. May God richly bless you. Amen. Brother Rom is a good example of these, these men. He, you, you hope you caught it. He said he's a product of an American missionary who came over. And I preached on this a few Sunday nights ago. I, I, I feel like we're, we're, we're losing some things as churches because we're not seeing it. I'm for sending American missionaries. But there's a whole generation of people who've been reached by American missionaries who don't have the training available that an American missionary had don't have the resources that American missionaries had. And so we have sent missionaries, and it's worked. But now nobody is equipping these men or helping these men. We're still going back to the beginning, if you will, and sending American missionaries. I'm not against that. But wouldn't it make sense for us to do what we're doing and say, let's invest in a guy who's a product of the American missionary, who lives in these places we're sending missionaries who is trying to reach his own people. And this is a man who has started four churches, four works in that country of Guyana, and he's got a vision to start more. And uh, he's able to, the Lord's opened doors for him. He preaches on television every Sunday, and he's able to give the gospel every single Sunday. Um, the, he, he, he tries to these churches. They don't have the means that we have. Uh, he, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He raises chickens and sells chickens to pay the bills. And uh, he's doing whatever he can do to try and get money coming in. One of these churches is way out in the country. Uh, he sent me some clips of it uh, yesterday uh, where people, some, some walk as far as three miles just to get to church. It's in the middle of nowhere. He has a desire to get into the jungles, and he says, he says, preacher, if you come, he says, will you, will you go? He says, we can get to the public schools. He says, I can get to the prisons. He says, will you go preach in the prison? I says, as long as you let me out, I don't mind. 
but uh, there's a great door, and, and this is where our training comes in. Um, the, these, like the Great Commission conferences, I don't need a place to preach. This is my favorite place to preach. I like being home. But the purpose of those conferences is to take the materials that we have. Uh, there's 29 messages that I preached to us on the Great Commission. Give it to them in a, in, a, in a concentrated time. Give them the curriculum we have so they teach them to win somebody, to see them baptized. In some cases, we've got to provide a baptistry for them. Uh, and, and to see them, then to see them grow as a Christian. And here's a man who's training men, if we can accelerate by giving him Bibles, by giving him some encouragement, by giving him um, some, some training and some, giving some people some training, uh, then that's just going to push things. And he's a good example of this. There are men out there who are doing great works and uh, I, I'm for it. We have some good missionaries we support. We're going to see one in just a minute. But it just makes a lot of sense to me that we can accelerate some of these, these men along. Uh, the next que- uh, uh, clip, uh, picture, is our missionaries, uh, Wes and Faith Bartley. And in the midst of the conference, uh, I was able to spend some time with them, the, the, uh, especially uh, they came over to the services, especially on that Friday and Saturday before I came back to the States. Uh, that, is, that is obviously them on the left. Uh, there I am, and there's a young man, I believe he's 21, about to turn 22, a young man they call Coco. And uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful story about Coco, uh, how he was, he was re- so he had gotten a Bible and was already saved and was reading his Bible, trying to figure out there's got to be more to life than this. And when Brother Bartley encountered him, he was sitting on his porch reading his Bible. And through getting to Coco, helping him grow, Many of his family members have been saved and others, and so he's just, he's just a fine young man, and uh, that's who that is. Uh, next, the next is just a picture of a, I'll call it a street, um, of a city where they have a work. This is Bruceville, formerly known as Shantytown, and uh, it was renamed Bruceville, I guess to be more politically correct, uh, than Shantytown. Uh, the next picture uh, just another picture of Bruceville. You have all of these shacks or shanties that are just, it's just on top of each other. And the government recently came through and put the sidewalks, if you will, through the alleys. And they're raised because they're literally in a swamp. And uh, this is just for all the, all the poor who had nothing came there. And it turned into a little city. They called it Shantytown, but now it's Bruceville. Uh, and you can go to the next one. Uh, this is a this is a lot in Bruceville that they're going to be able to put. Uh, they want to put an, another building on. I think they could put like a a rec center there to give people uh, reason to come there. Come there. Bruceville is run by three gangs, as he was explaining to me, and uh, their houses don't look like these uh, in uh, Bruceville. Uh, next picture. It just I just want to give you some 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 an idea of the way people live there, the next one. And uh, these are the, in Bruceville, these are the people uh, that our missionary, the Bartleys, are reaching and trying to reach. Go to the next picture, if you will. And just another, just another picture. Go ahead to the next one. And uh, this is the outside of Bruceville Baptist Church. Brother Bartley's letting us in there. And I'll say a little bit about that. This is an amazing amazing story and to say that I was so pleased I wasn't surprised 
but just encouraged to be around the Bartleys. And these are good missionaries. These are great missionaries, faithful missionaries doing a work for the Lord. And I enjoyed being around them, their spirit. And uh, everybody knows him as Pastor Wes. Everywhere he goes is Pastor Wes. And, uh, but Bruceville Baptist Church, I don't know if you can see the house that's just above it. You see the, the wood in the background? Uh, then, then how that came about, this is not the first work they started. They started in another town, and he heard of a house burning down there. And so he felt impressed to go try and help them any way he could. So when he came there, he didn't know where the people were, so he was asking around. Finally found them, was able to lead the lady to Christ. And through that, I believe, led, led somebody else to Christ that was living with her. And that was their new house, that house you see up there. And so he began having Bible studies with them. And so the need for a church came about and said, we need to find a place to have a church. And, and she suggested, why don't you just take our basement? As I said, everything's up on stilts there. And so they built the Bruceville Baptist Church underneath the first convert's house. And so as we stood in Bruceville Baptist Church, um, it was a pretty, uh, it's, not a, it's not a big building, but it was a pretty, I felt like I was on, I was on holy ground uh, it's the only gospel preaching church that has ever existed in Bruceville, St. Lucia. Think about that. That has ever existed. And this is the support that we support these missionaries. And so that's a little background on uh, that church. The next is a little clip of, of, of the steel pan, which is... This is Soso. He is here in Brookville, uh, in St. Lucia, and we are here. Where's Faith Ann? Where is she? Faith Ann. And uh, they pastor. This is one of the churches that they pastor here. You go to the next clip. Here's Brother West. He just walked in. I showed you that because I want to add that to the orchestra, so I want you all to know, know what that is. Uh, uh, but. Uh, that's just a blessing to be in the, that church, the only gospel preaching church that's ever existed there. Um, then just another picture of, you know, we're standing in the alleyway there, just kind of showing you how uh, things work there. You can go to the next little clip. It's just the two of us walking through. This is how, that is how, I mean, he, he watching him, and he did this in the next, next, with his next work too. He just walks through there. His wife's like, he's so loud, and he's very boisterous. 
I guess it's the Canadian in him. He's the Canadian, they're Canadian missionaries in. He goes there and he just yells over the, you see the, the boarded up fences and everything. He just yells over them, sticks his head in the gates and calls their name. Are you home? And just, uh, and it was just, just awesome to see. And they all know him there. And uh, so just walking those uh, streets with him was pretty, that's pretty uh, neat. Then go to uh, the next one. That is the world's largest baptistry. That is where they baptize. They, it's, it's about a five-minute walk from the church. Uh, that's the world's largest. So we walk down to see the baptistry. Ask them to see the baptistry, and there it is. Um, the next one, um, this actually, this is a lady that got baptized this past Sunday. I met her when I was there, introduced me to her. She's going to get baptized this Sunday, so they sent me a picture of her getting baptized, and I think the next clip is her actually being baptized. Bartley said sometimes, depending on the weather, sometimes he gets baptized again, uh, <laughs> depending on what storm is coming through at the time. But uh, um, yeah, yeah we, we have a lot. Of, we, we think we have to have a lot of things that we don't have to have to do the work of the Lord. Um, I mean, we got a pond out there. We could start baptizing. Anyway, um, then the next one, this is a workshop that Brother Bartley has. Um, where he goes around and finds a bunch of reclaimed wood and pallets, and uh, he's training some of the young men how to make coffee tables and different things like that, give them a skill so then they can go sell those coffee tables to try and make a little bit of income. And so that's just a picture of him in the shop, which is that's just then it's still investing in those, in those people. And then the next clip, and we just got a few more to go, the next picture, this is Dennery St. Lucia. It's about a 30-minute drive from Bruceville. This is the first where they started their first work. And the Lord just opened the door for them to start there. This is an overlook uh, of the city. And the works in St. Lucia, uh, they're effective, uh, certainly. Uh, but each like that town there is only about 3,000 people. Then you've got to drive a little ways to the next one. The next one, not everybody has that transportation. And so uh, that is that is Dennery. And then the next picture, uh, I believe, is the, the other church. So they drive from uh, one place in one service in the morning. And this is Hoosover Baptist Church at Dennery. And then they drive to Bruceville uh, to do the, the service there. And so they're driving back and forth to uh, both churches. I was getting some ideas while I was there. And so um, that, this is the Whosoever Baptist Church. And then I think the next one is just a picture of the inside uh, of, of the church there. And then the next one is the uh, streets of Dennery. And same thing, he walks up and down those streets. And, uh, you know, we were walking down and a bunch of kids coming out, Pastor Wes, Pastor Wes, Pastor Wes. And he knows their name and stops and yells through the door. And uh, I was like, you do this and... Florida, you get shot. But anyway, this is, uh, yeah, this is you know, and so it's just, it's just a wonderful thing to see. And uh, then the next one is a convert of, of his that they were telling me about. I don't have time to tell the whole story of just amazing, amazing uh, story. And there's a lot of, you know, you know Catholicism is everywhere, unfortunately. Um, but there's a lot of 
of voodoo type spiritual, t- the, 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 the dark uh, spiritual things, if you will. And, uh, you know, that man was saved out of some of those things. And so we stopped by and he had moved. And so um, Brother West found him by yelling through all the doors, I think. But uh, uh, we stopped and chatted with him for a minute. And uh, just, it's, it's exciting to see you know, somebody say, I, let me take you to see one of my converts. And, uh, and uh, through him, some others have been saved, of course. And then uh, the next one. It's just, uh, we were on our way, they were dropping me off at the airport last Saturday, and we stopped by, and of course that's Coco again, and Brother Bartley, and uh, I don't know if you can see it, but uh, in, in Coco's hand is my book, Greatly Commissioned, and so uh, we stopped by and saw him uh, on the way uh, to the uh, airport, and then I, bl- I believe Pastor Filbert sent a thank you, and so I believe that's the last clip that we have. Hi. My name is Samuel Philbert, pastor of Pastor Baptist Church. And we want to say thank you so much to the folks, uh, members, and leaders of Emmanuel Baptist Church for allowing your pastor to come down to the Christ for the Caribbean conference. God greatly used him uh, in a tremendous way, the way he's able to uh, make the scriptures become alive and share that experience in the Bible with preachers from so many different countries. There is a tremendous work to be done. We're looking ahead in Palmer Grand Baptist Church to see God save um, souls in 44 million people across the Caribbean, to see churches established, to see pastors get help. It's a tremendous work. So again, thank you so much for having your pastor and joining us as we partner together to see a harvest for God in the Caribbean. God bless you guys tremendously. I don't know if you could hear that very well, but he was basically giving a thank you for uh, allowing, for sharing your pastor. And so uh, God worked in a great, great way. And so uh, this is just kind of sharing uh, from my experience there and uh, just reminding us of that open door. And so there's a great opportunity there for us to have ministry. And uh, we're, I'm, I'm scheduled to go back to St. Lucia for a particular Great Commission conference where I'm going to train, preach to his people, train his leaders uh, in the Great Commission, how to help their church continue to go, and then to train others. And so I want you to pray for that. And uh, there's, there's others that are, that are in the plan. This is part of our church. And, uh, but Lord willing, I want to get to the place where um, it's not just me going. It's, it's people in and out of our church helping train and be a part of that, and many of you involved in that. And uh, so we can all be a part of fulfilling the Great Commission. And so uh, the brochures that are in your hand, we'll have Brother Tommy give his, his presentation tonight. But I want you to take those. I want you to pray over them, think over them. Um, if you want to, you know, I want you to support this, of course, financially, but through prayer. And uh, then just be fo- let's be focused on the door that God has for us. And so I thought it would be good for me to share this. We hope it was a blessing to you. And the, the, the missions uh, dollars that we send out and the Bartleys are a great example. Great. I get frustrated, and I uh, used to get discouraged, but I don't think I get discouraged by it. But from time to time, I have to drop a missionary because it, it, they're not doing what the missionary is supposed to do, and uh, um, and I don't like that. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I want to be responsible, of course. But then you meet the Bartleys and just how refreshing they are in doing a work for God and just potting away. There's a great opportunity, I believe. There's only 180,000 people on the island of St. Lucia. And uh, 
But there's a great opportunity. There's two or three really good churches. There's a great opportunity to really make an impact in that in that country. And uh, I'd love to have a part in that, and I trust that you would too. So a little bit different Sunday morning, and uh, but I hope you enjoyed that, and uh, I hope you're blessed by it and be praying uh, for uh, God to continue to open those doors and do that work. Let's all stand.